Hello and welcome to PCOM Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Feldstein, and today we're talking with Dr. Michelle Lent, Associate Professor of Clinical Psychology about obesity and weight management. Dr. Lent's research interests span pediatric obesity treatment, psychosocial factors in bariatric surgery, school and community-based obesity prevention, and treatment initiatives, food addiction, urban consumer food purchasing behaviors, and cognitive behavioral interventions for adult obesities. She also directs the weight management program through PCOM Center for Behavioral Therapy. Welcome, Dr. Lent. Why is obesity so challenging to treat? I always come back to kind of the same bottom line as to why obesity is hard to treat, and that's because we live in a toxic environment. We live in an environment that encourages us to take in more calories um, than we need to survive, more energy than we need, and then it encourages us also to conserve that energy. So the food that's most available to us is um, usually high in calories and low in nutrients. Um, it's the most available and the, it's the cheapest. And then we also live increasingly sedentary lives. So we don't even have to get up to you know, get that food. We can kind of drive through. We sit in front of our desks all day. Uh, we don't get as much physical activity as we used to. We don't even get up to change the channel anymore. Exactly. Or even answer the phone, right? It's in our hands. So um, we just live in an environment that, that encourages us to take in more energy than we need and then to conserve that energy. I'll also add in that while this is there's really no causation here, Americans are getting less sleep over time while our weight is increasing over time. So there may be some interaction also there with the fact that we're just not getting enough sleep and our weight is going up. So between the environment and the lack of sleep, obesity is really tough to treat. As a psychologist who specializes in weight management, what would you like physicians to know or to do when treating a patient who is struggling with weight loss or weight management? Uh, good question. I, I think there, there are a few things. Um, the first is that uh, I think that physicians should take the time to think through all of the treatment options for obesity because there are several evidence-based effective options, and those include medication and weight loss surgery as well as behavioral treatment. So I think sometimes um, physicians just sit down with patients and really talk through what might work for their lifestyle and, and work for their health. Um, but I also think that physicians um, need to be careful about how they start that conversation. So the language that they use when, when speaking with patients matters. So they need to stay away from language that could possibly stigmatize a patient. Uh, words like fat, words like morbidly obese, even words like obesity tend to um, kind of shut down conversations. But if they can be careful about the language they used, um, kind of open up a dialogue talking about weight or unhealthy weight or even BMI, body mass index, that conversation um, you know, tends to be more fruitful. Can you tell me the basis for the weight management program at PCOM and what participants can expect over the duration? Sure. Uh, the weight management program at PCOM is a 12-week behavioral weight loss program. It's evidence-based, and it's for anyone in the community who is overweight or who is living with obesity. And um, participants can expect to meet with a counselor who is a psychology trainee for one hour weekly, again, for those three months. And the, the crux of the program, the most important of the program, part of the program, is really about energy balance. It's kind of helping patients to tip that energy balance into their favor. So how can they take in fewer calories than they expend? 
um, the, one of the key tenets of the program is something called self-monitoring. So we do ask participants to record everything that they eat and drink over the 12 weeks. That helps them not only stay to a calorie prescription every day, but it also helps them to kind of almost be students of their own behavior, of their own eating behavior, to really understand when and why they might be overeating. How do you combat the most common types of overeating in terms of boredom, eating, that's really habitual? Yeah. You know, people are used to watching TV, so they, they go to the refrigerator, even though they're not hungry. Yeah. It really comes down to, as humans, how we learn. And one of the ways that we learn is through paired associations. So for a good example would be the movie theater. We think about sitting in a movie theater and all of a sudden, what do we eat? Popcorn, right? Right. So it's the same thing in regards to people learning about their own behavior and when they might eat, whether it's boredom or they've paired eating in front of the TV. Um, but again, self-monitoring really helps them to identify these paired associations, and then once we've identified them, we can work on changing them. There's so much conflicting information for people about what's healthy, what isn't, what can help with weight loss, what can. How do you advise patients what to focus on and what to tune out? Yeah, the weight loss industry in this country is booming, but unfortunately, most of what's out there is not evidence-based. You know, at worst, it's, it's useless. I mean, at best, it's useless. At worst, it could be dangerous. So uh, I, I try and keep the message really clear. Um, the first is use your wise inner voice. You know, if, you, if, if eating grapefruit sounds great, you know, for, for a month and then you're going to lose weight, you probably are. But are you going to be able to stay, sustain that over time? Probably not reality, right? So I really try and keep the message about energy balance. How can they work within their existing lifestyle to just take in fewer calories and burn more? So it's maybe it's eat less, move more, uh, a message that's been out there for a long time, but sort of um, delivered in a, in a new way and in a way that fits into their existing lifestyle. Great, thank you. Uh, as a physician, how do you see primary care playing a role in the treatment and prevention of obesity? As most chronic conditions, of which obesity is one and probably the largest public health epidemic we have right now that I would equate on the scale of what smoking was 35 years ago, that the primary care physician is the cornerstone of prevention of obesity and its treatment. And we've got to make physicians comfortable with those conversations and arm them with the right information and tools mm -hmm. because they should be the ones really preventing and, and treating obesity. It's really incumbent upon us as educators mm -hmm. to educate physicians in medical school uh, during their residencies and in their practice as well. And, and based on the tenets of osteopathic medicine, why do you think DOs are uniquely suited to help combat the obesity epidemic? Well, if you keep a holistic philosophy about treating the whole patient, psychosocial, socioeconomic, and cultural, food and eating is a huge component of that. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we're well, very well suited to, to treating obesity and combating the epidemic from an osteopathic perspective. In a previous episode, you spoke about PCOM's culinary medicine elective. Why do you think that it's important for future physicians to be well-versed in the role that nutrition plays in weight management and overall health? Well, I think physicians are a source of information for patients and accurate nutrition information that they can relate to their patients is very important. And I think by learning nutrition in a, a culinary setting of actually how to cook food 
and, and be aware of cultural differences in foods, it's a great vehicle to communicate with patients to have that dialogue about weight management and BMI in a way that's non-threatening and really understanding. And it promotes a great dialogue between the physician and the patient. Yeah, agreed. We're, we are a society that really values thinness. And because of that, there's a significant amount of, of weight bias in this country. And, and physicians are not immune to that. There's some statistic like 70% of women with obesity report that they've perceived bias, weight bias, from their provider. How can medical schools play a role in stopping this bias before students begin, say, seeing patients? And how is PCOM? I think, well, part of it is introducing culinary medicine and nutrition so that really students understand that obesity is a disease. It's a complex disease. It's not because someone's lazy. It's not because someone doesn't have any willpower. It, it, and it's the fact that they've got to have the same compassion treating someone with obesity as they would anybody with cancer or any other chronic diseases, diabetes and hypertension. Yeah. So we really got to open their eyes and we've got to give them more exposure to treating patients who are obese in the, you know, in their clinical years and during their residencies. That's sad because weight bias is associated with um, people who I guess need the services most, these preventive services. Um, they're actually not going to the doctor because of bias, so they're less likely to get their mammograms and their pap testing and their colorectal cancer screenings because of this bias. So I think PCOM is, is, uh, is well suited to, to, uh, to, to change this trend. Agreed. Well, thank you, Dr. Lint. The obesity rate in the U.S. is hovering at roughly 40% and cause myriad preventable health issues such as heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and certain cancers. Treatment and prevention of obesity requires a multi-pronged approach with physicians, behavioral health practitioners, and other health professionals working together for the benefit of the patient. To listen to past episodes of this podcast and become a subscriber, visit our SoundCloud page or find us on iTunes by searching Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. I'm Jay Feldstein, and this has been PCOM Perspectives.